Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Episode 184, Daredevil, Season 2, Episode 1, Bang. Hello and welcome once more to Welcome to Level 7. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and this is a podcast that is about Marvel's cinematic universe, as uh, Clark Gregg said in the opening here. And this particular corner of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the Netflix corner is one that we have been working at slowly but surely. And this is the time for us to jump in and do Daredevil season two. This is the hiatus, mid-season hiatus, second mid-season hiatus, I guess, of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And so I just want to give you a little preparation for what's about to come if you haven't listened to any Netflix episodes yet. What is about to come is this. In a moment, we will be uh, taking a look at some phone calls. These are calls from myself and a voice that some of you may be familiar with and others of you may not be if you're new to Welcome to Level 7. I'll explain who that voice is when you hear it. But the first thing we're going to do is take a look at those voicemails, which we recorded right after we watched Daredevil season two. Following that, we'll get into discussion about the episode itself uh, from a more distance perspective. Uh, the perspective of us now months and months and months after it has aired. And that will include a uh, plot synopsis for those of you who haven't watched it in a while. So don't worry, you're not hopefully not going to be uh, lost. And then. From there, we will take a look at any uh, listener feedback that we might have about the episode. And then finally, we will uh, give our rating to the episode for the Netflix series. For some reason, that's just something we ended up starting to do with Daredevil season one. And so now here we are, Daredevil season two. We did it for Daredevil season one. We did it for Jessica Jones, I think. But I'm not going to think too hard about it. And we're going to do it here. And so that's that's what this this will look like. The other thing I want to make you aware of is how uh, this will work with hosting. Uh, we will be hosting this episode. It'll be uh, Stuart, Samantha, and myself. So the voices you're familiar with from the most recent episodes of Welcome to Level 7. But we'll also be bringing in some guest hosts. And that's something that's also kind of fun that we've been doing with the Netflix series is bringing in friends of ours from different podcasting realms and from different well life realms too not everyone is a podcaster that we, we bring in as a as a guest so that's what's happening with the next round of episodes the next pod of episodes i guess is what they were calling the the story arcs uh for for uh, agents of shield so with all that said i do have one final thing to say and that is we will not be spoiling anything past what we are talking about or what we have already talked about on the show. So we may possibly maybe mention something that happened in season four of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. 
it's happened. It's out there. We may talk about a movie that has come out like Dr. Strange or something like that, but we will not be talking about Luke Cage. We will not be talking about Iron Fist when it rolls around. So any Marvel Cinematic Universe movie that has been released previous to this point right now that we are recording and anything up through the LMD story arc of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Daredevil and Jessica Jones, those things we'll talk about and, and maybe spoiling. But anything else up until this episode episode one of daredevil season two we will not be talking about and so if you happen to be following along with us in you know watching daredevil and then listening to the podcast we will not be talking about anything that happens in episode 13 of daredevil season two you don't have to worry about that or like i said luke cage iron fist anything like that so i think that's enough preamble uh, i think it's time now to take a look at our first impressions of of this episode daredevil season two episode one bang opening statements as i said before here's what's happening uh daniel butcher and i daniel is the co-host who helped create this podcast and who began the podcast with me who's been uh, taking some time off and every once in a while we're able to pull him back in you know it's one of those you know as much as I try and get away, they keep pulling me back in. Well, we're the ones who keep pulling them back in every once in a while. Uh, but he is able to join us via time travel in in the way that we're doing this. So Daniel Butcher and, and, and myself for Daredevil Season 2 were the only ones who were hosting at the time that Daredevil Season 2 came out. Now, we are... Figuring out how we can get the other hosts involved. I don't want it to end up being like 18 minutes of, of voicemails. Um, but that won't happen now anyway, because you can't watch it the first time more than once. You know what I'm saying? And so we wanted to get our impressions of the episode as it came out. But the way we were binge watching and the way we were covering things for the podcast it wasn't going to happen where we'd watch an episode and then record about it, watch an episode, then record about it the way we do with agents of shield, where we watch an episode and then the next evening we record about it. And so we came up with just leaving this three minute voicemail and just <laughs> the, the problem with it is, um, I don't know what happened, but for some reason past me is kind of a jerk and past Daniel is well, pretty much just like Daniel in the present day, but Anyway, what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to play my voicemail and Daniel's voicemail, and I might respond a little bit to it, but um, <laughs> not too much because we still we're going to talk about the episode uh, with the larger discussion uh, with uh, Samantha and Stuart. So for now, let's start with Daniel's voicemail from the past. Daredevil. Season two. Episode one. Bang. I think it's fair to say, my fellow agents, that Bang was a hot mess. Because it's really, really hot in Hell's Kitchen. And it's messy. So, yeah. Bang. Hot mess. Here's some things we learned. Underwear is comfortable. Now, is it really? Is it really all comfortable? Because I personally think there's nothing worse than a pair of underwear that's not comfortable. 
we've all been in that situation. So we've we've lived it. We know what it's like when it's not comfortable. And you know what else I don't know if I like? I don't know if I like it when I feel like they're trying to force Karen and and uh Matt on me. I don't I don't know if I like that. Um feels a little forced. Again, last time I saw her and Foggy were flirting all the time. <sighs> All I'm going to say is that escalated quickly. But for a stealthy ninja, Daredevil makes a lot of noise. I'm just saying. And, in other words, in other stories, as I ramble on and on and on, I like Jessica Jones a little bit better. Jessica Jones is always kind of solid. This feels like the first issue of a comic book. So, eh, what you going to do? Peace out later. Bye. Make good choices, kids. I'm looking at the voicemails. It seems there's another one. Another one from Daniel about this episode. So he's kind of cheating. Ah, but you know what? The more Daniel, the better. That's what I say for this episode, for this season of, of the podcast. And for life, the more Daniel, the better. See, the thing is, this is Agent Daniel again, talking about Bang. Daredevil, Season 2, Bang. Episode 1. You know, just food for thought. You know, the Frank Castle's attack on the hospital really is kind of terrifying when you think about just active shooters in America. Um, it's a scary thing. I know I, for one, and others can probably... Um, say they've had similar experiences. I've had active shooter training in my workplace. And uh, the fact that he's going to the hospital as an active shooter really is one of those experiences that does cause tension because it can and does happen, sadly. So there you go. Daredevil, sadly, imitating life. Peace out later. Bye. So that was Daniel Butcher from the first three two and a half seasons of welcome to level seven something like that but uh always good to hear from him you know who it's not always good to hear from (laughs) past ben but we're gonna hear from him anyway here is and i honestly i do not remember my reaction to this episode when i first watch it and so i'm really curious because i know my reaction now watching it again but Well, let's just hear it. Hello, future Daniel. Hello, future Ben. It's me, past Ben, and I'm calling from the past about Daredevil Season 1, Episode 1. Now, here's the deal. I know you're going to cut this off at three minutes because that's what happens when people call in. I think you could let me go a little bit longer, though, because there's a lot to talk about. And the truth of it is, why are you even causing me to not having a full message because i mean look how long it took you to get through jessica jones right i mean seriously guys seriously now okay for you that was double past ben who was having a hard time getting it through but for me it's actually future ben because you still haven't finished recording all the jessica jones episodes and i'm calling in about daredevil right now there is a problem gentlemen there is a problem and that problem is you guys or it was you guys. Time travel is hard. Anyway, Daredevil, episode one, season two. Fantastic opening. 
I, I loved it. Uh, it's exciting. It's adrenalizing. The fight at the end is exciting and adrenalizing. And foggy and, 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 the, and, oh, the girl. Oh, I can't remember her name. <sighs> oh, shoot. I'm an idiot. Okay. No, Ben, hold your tongue. Hold your tongue. Okay. Anyway, um, they're both heroes. It's great. They are out there. They are doing this and they are heroes. And, you know, they're, they're, they're doing things that are pushing them out of their comfort zone. They're doing things that are taking them to places where they shouldn't go, putting themselves in danger for other people. And then, of course, there's a law firm, too, where they're helping people who need help. They're heroes. They're all heroes. All three of them are heroes. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, the Dogs of War. Is that that's the gang? Isn't it the gang from that episode with Sif? I think it is. I might have to get out my well, future Ben. You can get out your DVDs and and check out episode uh, whatever episode that was when Agent when when on Agents of Shield with with Sif. Um, let's see. Yeah, and then the Punisher. He's just brazen. He's the Terminator. He is the Terminator. And here I thought they were setting up the Irish gang to be the big bad or to be the season-long bad that Daredevil and Punisher were going to have to, you know, an ideological fight about how to take care of these guys. Instead, they're gone. And, you know, it's looking to me like it's Daredevil versus Punisher. This is what they've set up in this episode. And... I like what I've seen. It's a good opening. It's it's friends. It's it's our old friends. I'm running out of time, so I'm just going to stop right here. But yeah, great start to uh, what I hope be a great season. So some thoughtful words from past Ben and some harsh words from past Ben. We're fixing it. We're moving forward, onward and upward. Yes, it's taken us a while to get there, but we are finally getting there. Daredevil season two and i think i'm just gonna say let's move on let's jump into it here come stewart and samantha yeah let's talk about bang case evidence okay so we're back and i'm not alone samantha stewart welcome to the program Yay. Yay. hi guys hi or i should say welcome back because you know, you've you've been around for quite a few episodes now. Yeah, I haven't done a count, but um, yeah, you guys are regular voices now. Anyway, uh, we are here now to talk about Daredevil season two, episode one. It's called Bang, appropriate title. We'll get into why. Uh, first, we're going to talk about the the episode plot. Just go through what happened in the episode. And then we will kind of examine the four quadrants that I like to use when I examine movies and TV and comics and stuff. I don't always use this, but I really like using this, these four quadrants. And that's to examine plot, to examine character, to examine style, and then uh, to examine themes, the themes of the, of the thing. And can I just say that yeah. I missed the four quadrants and I'm really, <laughs> really super excited to be a part of it again. It's very helpful. Hey, I, I like the four quadrants. It, it makes things a little bit easier and I'm sure that there might be a fifth quadrant. I don't know what would happen if it was five. I'm sure there's another thing that could be uh, brought into it, but so far everything that has come up 
I've been able to like shoehorn it into a quadrant if it feels weird that wh- which one does it belong into? So, so far, so far. And what this allows us to do is when we talk about characters, we can just get into, you know, just here's the character, here's the development and here's what we like. And, and then we can talk about the story and we can talk about the style with the music and all that kind of thing. Although music for this, we've kind of talked about the music in episode or in season one. Um, the Daredevil music doesn't stick out as much as some of the other Netflix music. I'm just going to put that there and not say too much more because we're not talking about Luke Cage, but <laughs> mm-hmm. that's um, okay. It's not bad. No, it, it's perfect. It works. Yeah, it, it works exactly for what it needs to be um, in, in Jessica Jones, in Luke Cage and in Daredevil. Uh, the, the music really sets the tone far more than I think it does in, well, let's say Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I mean, Bear McCreary is incredible. He is awesome. Mm-hmm. I love him mm-hmm. as a, com- a, a composer, but he, well, he's, the music can... he, he's he's taking a back seat. He's not a character. Yeah. Um, the music in the Netflix series is a character where it's not necessarily that in, in S.H.I.E.L.D., although it's not bad in S.H.I.E.L.D. It's just not a character. It's not a presence. Like it is in the Netflix series. No, it, it definitely is setting tone on Agents of Shield, but not taking the front seat. And and right. and, uh, and and in Daredevil, I think of of all three that we've had so far, um, in Daredevil, the music tends to be the the least um, obtrusive, the the least noticeable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really curious. We'll see, but I'm really curious what it's going to be like for Iron Fist, especially if they keep you know, doing these kind of, you know, Jessica Jones is noir and, and Luke Cage is kind of the black exploitation. Uh, and Iron Fist has a real opportunity to do some really cool stylistic stuff. If they're going to go with like the Kung Fu movie kind of. Well, okay. Vibe. So if Jessica Jones is noir, Luke Cage is black exploitation. Iron Fist potentially is a uh, Kung Fu how do we categorize Daredevil? That's a good question. I think it's a has a little bit of the noir element, but it is definitely more superhero. Like yeah. it's it's dark superhero. Hmm. More like a low rent Batman. Yeah, yeah. With I mean, a, nothing but skill. Or maybe where Jessica Jones is more noir because it's the detective kind of thing. With with Daredevil, it's more cop show by way of superheroes. Yeah, I was thinking crime drama when I was. Oh yeah, yeah. When I was formulating the end. especially first season. Yeah, especially first season with Fisk. You know, especially at the very the very last episode with Fisk. Oh man, oh man, that was great. Well, I I did. I kept having flashbacks to things like Serpico, and yeah. you know, just the cop drama. Yeah, why? Uh, yeah, you're right, Stuart. You got it. You asked the question. You answered the question. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe I did that, but there we go. (laughs) So let's talk about the plot real quick and and just give a quick summary. And then we'll get into uh, things like the Punisher and how he is introduced and his one line. So (laughs) Uh, bang, season two, episode one of Daredevil. Time has passed since season one when Daredevil took down Wilson Fisk. But some things remain the same. Crimes are still being committed, and the devil of Hell's Kitchen is still stopping it. This particular evening, Matt Murdock, the Daredevil, takes down some bad guys quite easily. 
all in a day's work or in a in an evening's work. The next day, Matt Murdock and his partner, Foggy Nelson, head to their day job, their law firm. They have a lot of clients. They have lots of goodwill. They have a great administrative assistant with Karen Page, but they have no money. People are paying for them in pie. I mean, it's Little House on the Prairie paying their doctor in apples kind of thing. And bananas. And bananas. <laughs> Across town, a meeting of Irish mobsters is interrupted by a hail of bullets. And everyone is killed except for one man, a man named Grotto, who is able to scramble away and seek out Nelson and Murdoch for protection. He wants to be put in witness protection because as the last survivor of a mob massacre, someone more than likely still wants him dead. So Matt Murdock and Foggy check in with their police contact at the crime scene. And then the team of the Nelson and Murdock law firm split up. Karen is, is with Grotto in the hospital. Matt Murdock as daredevil finds Turk while Foggy Nelson goes to a contact of his in the dogs of hell. Foggy does get some information from the biker gang and shows a lot of quick thinking and near courage. He would just say it's adrenaline. Matt gets information that leads him to find men who were killed and hung in a meatpacking place. And Karen in the hospital is the first of the trio to make contact with the killer, the person who committed the massacre. He's coming after Grotto and he's an unstoppable killing force. He's unstoppable, that is, until Daredevil stops him just before taking a kill shot as Karen and Grotto speed away in a car. The two men fight. Daredevil's powers give him an edge, at least give him the edge that he needs to keep up with the killer's skills. But in the end, the killer manages to pull a hidden gun and shoot Daredevil in the head. Although before pulling the trigger, he utters his one line for the entire episode. Bang. And Daredevil goes over the edge of a building cut to credits and that's our episode and pretty much as soon as you cut to credits you actually press play on the next one so <laughs> right there you go. right you uh skip the 15 minutes or 15 seconds <laughs> rather 15 seconds of credits that it takes for your little circle thingy to do the complete you know circle around the play button i wonder how many people it's, it's hard for them to just sit and wait for it to go 15 seconds or whatever it is for the next play automatically to start. I don't know. I found some frustration with some of those play automatically where yes. I want to actually continue listening to the end credits <laughs> and the music that's playing. Uh, not for you know Daredevil necessarily, but there have been some TV shows and some movies where I'm just like, no, don't play automatically. I want to finish this out. Or if they've got a teaser. And it cuts the teaser off and goes right to after, you know, right to the first act, right after the credits. That bugs me, too. This week on Netflix Critiques with Ben Stewart and Samantha. That's another podcast. We'll be starting very soon. We'll have three listeners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> another Hi, one. Hi, Mom. <laughs> yeah. no, I was, no, three listeners, Stewart, Samantha, and Ben. We're the listeners, too. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let's talk about Punisher. Uh Let's start with that. Let's just, I mean, this is a little bit of style thing that we're going to be getting into, but mm-hmm. let's talk about some characters and our, our main new character that we get introduced to, aside from Grotto. I don't know if he counts. Uh, he does. I mean, there's, there's actually Grotto is in some ways the MacGuffin of this episode, but yeah, Punisher, he gets introduced like Jason 
from Friday the 13th. Uh, just, he is the Terminator. He is mm. Michael Myers. Michael Meyer. <laughs> He's the, the scary yeah. monster guy from Halloween. <laughs> not, not the scary monster guy from Love Guru. Um, <laughs> I mean, they, they do it intentionally. And I think Terminator is the first thing I go to simply because he's walking in with guns and he's walking into a hospital. I mean, in Terminator, it was a, a police station. Uh, this is a hospital. But even then, there's a guard, right? He walks up to the guard and just completely, very quickly disarms the guard, takes his weapon, knocks him down, empties the bullets and drops the gun in the, in the garbage can. I mean, he's not there to hurt the guard. He's not there, you know, to just rain bullets on all the innocent people. He's there for a purpose, and that's Grotto. It's a very surgical strike with him. He he goes in, he gets exactly what he needs, he comes out. He's not spraying bullets all over the place, unless he is, but he's doing it in a very, com- you know, compressed location. I also liked how they introduced or reintroduced us to daredevil, which is very similar to the way they reintroduced us to, or introduced us to the punisher. They barely showed his face. He, you know, you just saw like the aftermath of his actions. You never saw him doing anything um, until like that hospital scene. Yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, he, in that, the opening scene where he takes down some bad guys uh, it's kind of cool. I mean, they're running through, they go through a church. They go through a kitchen. Um, the end of the church. They, they go it, through a kitchen. Yeah. They, uh, they go past a cop. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's basically each one of these guys gets taken out in, in their own little set piece. Mm-hmm. So there's a cop who goes to stop them and, and, and one of them gets taken out there. And then there's a car that skids to a, a stop in the street. And the, one of the criminals is like, get out of the car, get out of the car. And before the guy get out of the car, it's all kind of from his perspective. All of a sudden, the criminal just like gets slammed into his car. And <laughs> and this is the one thing, though, you know, it's Daredevil if you're watching it with subtitles on, because whenever you're watching a, a show with subtitles, again, we're back to our Netflix podcast here, I guess. <laughs> when the character who's speaking is off screen, they'll put the character's name on the screen to say Daredevil. It's OK. I got this. If you're watching this show. You kind of suspect that it's Daredevil to begin with. I mean, you've watched one season of Daredevil. I, I I would suspect that you're not walking into this going, you know, Daredevil season two seems like a great place to start. You're not doing that. But, you know, I at first I was a little confused watching it for this rewatch. Uh, I'm thinking, oh, is, is this Punisher? Because of the way that they shoot it where you don't see him. However, you do have to remember at the beginning, they have all the noises of the city and as all these noises are happening uh they pan across the cityscape and there's daredevil's silhouette Mm -hmm. so i mean there's context clues that you could use yes you're right but but regardless it was still a great way to start a series start a season um start an episode and it they mirrored that when they introduced punisher to us and that was really awesome and he his one line is the episode title Mm-hmm. Bang. He well, he's not. I mean, Kurt Russell in Soldier might have had more lines than he does in this entire season. So <laughs> I don't know. That's a that's a deep <laughs> cut right there for you guys. What else do you want to say about Daredevil or not Daredevil Punisher? I'm not a big. I, again, I'm kind of the not big comics guy. So what I know of Punisher is really from the Civil War arc, um, wherein 
Frank Castle. He's um I'm looking at the the D and D like neutrality arc. What is he? He's <laughs> neutral good or chaotic good. I'm not real familiar with it, so basically absolute morality, right? If you hurt somebody, he is going to hurt you. He is the judge jury and executioner of whatever he deems is appropriate now whether or not that coincides with society i I don't really know and i don't know if they're they're representing him appropriately to the comics um in this first episode that being said i really liked this it works for the tv show um and especially works in this first episode where you're getting this terminator vibe yeah, I mean, we don't know much about him at all from this episode. I mean, there is just nothing to know about him other than he's going to get the job done. And he's going to get the job done very, very precisely. And in fact, like the one clue we have of his morality scale is the one shot where he takes the gun from the cop. He knocks him out or something like that, right? And then takes the gun apart while he's walking. I mean, this is not a... He's a psycho or his build is a psycho in the in the show, but he's he's got a very purposeful moral code. You can tell that just by that one that one interaction with that Renekop. Samantha, what is your background with the Punisher? Do you know much about him? Not much, really. Uh, I just from all I know is a little bit that I remember from the Punisher movie that um, he had a huge tragedy, which I will not spoil. Uh, and it turned him, uh, I'm afraid to say more because it goes along with what we see in the rest of this season. Well, but I mean, that's the, the Punisher's backstory, whether it's, um, I can't remember who played him in the first Punisher movie. Oh, Thomas Jane, Thomas Jane. Yeah. Uh, whether it's Thomas Jane or Dolph Lundgren, uh, or in the (laughs) comics, I mean, it's that, and I, I've been waiting to see, you know, we're not going to talk about it here, but how is it going to be MCU'd uh, for for the Netflix series? But it's the tragic backstory, you know, criminals did something bad to him, caused him to lose some things, and now he has nothing left to lose, and the criminals are going to lose their lives, you know. Uh, and that's the really interesting thing is they introduced the, the, the Punisher – in Daredevil's show, they, they they could have introduced him in his own show, but no. I mean, the reason they gave him his own show is because people saw him in this one and liked him. Yeah, goodness. Yeah, he he. This role is performed so incredibly well. I'm not going to spoil the rest of the season, but I I do <laughs> like this character in the end so much. Well, we'll get more into his performance, but for this episode. His performance is pretty much walk menacingly and shoot people aggressively. Yes. Which is quite a way to introduce a hero. Mm. Well, Uh, (laughs) the definition of hero is something that we can, well, we'll get into, but yeah. Anti-hero. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Now, (laughs) there is one problem that I have. And that is, he is so good when he fights Daredevil. He is so good when he's shooting those mob bosses. But Karen Page, who is basically carrying along a wounded grotto, they're able to escape him. 
<laughs> like that. Well, that's the one thing as I'm watching it this time. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait, if he would just pick up the pace a little bit, you know, just instead of walking menacingly, you trot menacingly. You, you well, you know, the nice them. thing about walking menacingly is you don't expend as you you don't spend as much energy doing that. You know, that's true. I wonder if he was trying to uh, flush Karen out, flush you know, flush them the, the those two characters, Karen and Grotto, out of the hospital so he could take Grotto out, just Grotto, because if you look when they're driving in, by the way, Ben's car that was pretty cool. Um, where they're driving in Ben's car and she, he's got a, he's got a sniper rifle just aimed on Grotto. So I'm wondering if he's trying very, I'm not questioning his, his execution. I'm I'm just, you know, maybe thinking that his motive is to kill Grotto, not Karen. But then why bring a sawed off shotgun to a, a, a knife fight? Yeah. I mean, he's, yeah. he's. I could see that. I could see that where he's being careful. Uh, you know, he doesn't want too much collateral damage. I, I could see that. But like I said, pick up the pace a little bit <laughs> and use your more precise weapon. But then we wouldn't have an, a season. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I'm not one to really, you know, tell people how to do their jobs. You know, right. I mean, I have never been a one man war on crime. And so maybe you just don't do things the way, you know, I would I would expect you to do them. So can, can we talk about uh, introduction of other characters? Yeah. Yeah. Let's jump into it. I really liked the way I really liked the scene with Foggy and Matt walking through New York City um, in the the second scene, mm-hmm. basically where they're um, catching up. You, you've. You get that banter, you get that repartee, um, and then you sort of end it with the story about Mrs. Alameda not getting killed. Um, I thought very excellent style of writing, um, very good as far as the acting goes. It shot really well. You get a sense that they're actually in New York Hell's Kitchen, which I believe they shot that there. Um, they, I know they do shoot in New York, so that's that's good. Uh, so. Again, this all leads to the you know grounding it in reality. Yeah, well, you say you believe that they're in Hell's Kitchen. I believe that they're friends. Yes. I mean, they, they really, really sell the friendship well. Oh, yes. yeah. I mean, you can tell that there's, there's just really great chemistry between Charlie Fox and Eldon Henson, who play Matt and Foggy. And, oh, and, well, it's... It's almost like they're two halves of a whole in a friend in this friendship. Mm-hmm. Or I wouldn't want to say two. They just complement each other well. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. Yeah. yeah, they do. And you know, it's nice. I mean, Foggy knows the secret, and he doesn't like that his friend is doing this. And uh, you know, the whole the bottom line is, if I take a night off, people get hurt. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's that's a burden that that Matt Murdock has chosen to take. And it's a burden that now foggy as his friend has to share if he's going to continue being his friend. And yeah, yeah. which he's going to continue being his friend. I mean, you don't, I kind of feel like 
regardless of what your friend does, if you're truly friends, you don't give up on that. Even if your friend leaves the podcast. <laughs> he hasn't left the podcast. He's That's right. We heard him earlier. Yep. He's still I was on. Talking about, I was talking about past Ben, by the way. Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> so let's talk about the other relationship here then, which is okay. Karen and the two. I mean, the, there's Karen and Matt and there's Karen and Foggy. And it's not a love triangle. Uh, it's just a triangle. And Karen and Foggy's friendship is there and it's friendly and it's great. And then you have Matt and Karen playing pool together. I have also want to point out something about Matt playing pool. When she walks away, he does hit the he does hit the cue and pockets uh, one of the other balls. But my question, and I can I can see that with his abilities, sure. But he can't see the colors or the markings. <laughs> I can imagine huh. that he can he can sense which one is the cue because it might have a little bit more dust on it than the others. Um, that blue dust, I'm not sure what it's called, but. The, the chalk dust. Um, other than that, yeah. yeah, yeah, the chalk dust. But other than that, I'm not sure if he would know if he's unless he's able the eight ball or not. Unless he's able to track it uh, and knows yeah. the lay of the the pool table and uh, okay, yeah, the 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 blind man playing pool and and being better at pool and you know being you know playing the pool shark. That's fun. That's funny. I just don't like the Karen Page and. Matt Murdock thing where they they're what, you don't like they're sh- couple? no I don't I don't and they're shooting it like there's this tension you know and oh maybe maybe will they won't they yeah. well uh, you're just so um, when it comes to these stories you are so unromantic man except <laughs> I'm not because that's not who I want Matt Murdock with but we're not going to get into who I want Matt Murdock with in this episode but oh it's not who I think it is is it well who else is there uh really yeah uh we will talk about that later well oh. you know it's not going to happen now mm. <laughs> because oh. I don't I can't even remember when she shows up in this season but <laughs> In this episode, yeah. it's Karen. Well, uh. but th- isn't that his shtick, though? His thing is that he always gets the girls. Foggy's yeah, always yeah. talking about, you got the you got the girls. And then the one time, you know, not the one time, but they undercut Foggy's, you know, uh, barista adventure <laughs> with this uh, Karen and Matt thing, which pool starts with a P that rhymes with T, and that stands for trouble. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, I, I will be honest. If Foggy was a real person, I would give him more than one date. So, well, then. Yeah. Matt, then. on the other hand, Matt, uh, he seems a little flaky to me. <laughs> well, OK. I cannot comment on how many dates I would give Foggy or Matt or Karen <laughs> for that matter. Really? Oh, yeah. Let's be fair. The relationship there with Foggy and Matt is that the foggy's the wingman you know yeah (laughs) yeah and matt's the guy and yeah but this leads into grotto and and grotto is there and he interrupts things just in time for me you know i don't i just stop flirting with each other 
You know, you don't, you don't date where you work. You know what I'm saying? Workplace yeah, romances, they rarely work out, especially when your workplace only has three people anyway. <laughs> yeah. So. I was telling a friend of mine, uh, he, his wife needs uh, at her place of work, needs some extra help. And he's like, well, I'll help. And she said, no. And I had to explain to him. Do you really want to cross over the drama from home with the with the drama from work? And he's like, "Oh, I understand." <laughs> People, uh, they can make it work, I guess, but not in three, not in a three office situation. Plus, how are they going to split up wages? I get more bananas than you do. <laughs> right? No, you know, Foggy's claiming the the strawberry rhubarb pie. Oh, that's right. So the bananas are left over for Karen and Matt to split yeah, equally. Yeah. Strawberry, which, by the way, strawberry rhubarb pie, my favorite pie. Anyone wants to treat me, if you want to treat me to a pie, strawberry rhubarb is the pie. Oh, yeah. Well, then. Yes. Are you you saying that the pie will be yours? I'm saying strawberry (laughs) rhubarb, you will be mine. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Yes. I will say that if anybody needs the potassium in in that office, it's Matt. (laughs) <laughs> but I feel like Matt's the Matt's the guy who won't take it. <laughs> He'll be like, no, no, he will. He will because no, he, when you, after a workout to help relax the muscles, you, you need potassium, and bananas are recommended. So yeah, and, and he would because you know he's going to get the job done. You know, say what you will, but he has to do what he has to do to make things work and make things happen. And he's going to continue going out. You know, he's going to continue doing this because he doesn't want people to get hurt. And so if that means he has to take the bananas and not let Foggy (laughs) or Karen have them, he's going to take the bananas. So So, uh, do you want to talk about some ancillary characters now? Yeah. Turk. Turk's here. Yay, Turk. It's fun to see him. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun to see Daredevil beat him up and throw his keys into the river. <laughs> He's, I mean, Turk on, is man. Turk is a jerk. I mean, let's let's just throw it out there. He is yeah. a criminal. He <laughs> is selling guns to people who plan to use the guns to kill people. I mean, there is not a lot of redeeming qualities in Turk right now. Can he be redeemed? Sure, here, yeah, he can change. He can change. Maybe what? he will, but. Here now, eh, Daredevil's not, not treating him very much. well. He's <laughs> throwing the keys. That's the fun. Like, <laughs> let's just let's just do it. You know, I'm just gonna make it. Re- I'm gonna make your life really bad right now. Right. Did Did you catch the connection to uh, the beginning of season four of Agents of Shield? There, Ben and Samantha. Oh. No. The connection to the beginning of season four. No. 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 They're bi- they... oh. You got it? It's not what we were talking about right before we started recording, was it? I don't remember that far. I've slept since then. <laughs> um, uh, well, okay, so it... the, the, the guns that he's talking about, he's going to talk about the big shipment coming up from Juarez with oh. Yo-Yo. Oh. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Huh. I, I, I've not seen anything that officially connects those two dots except for hashtag. It's all connected. Um, <laughs> but I do believe that 
it, they came that the, there was a gun run from Juarez and Yo-Yo did come from Mexico. And if you're going to say Mexico, you might as well say Juarez. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do believe that that was the case. <laughs> Listeners, if I'm wrong, feel free to email me because I like email. Just do it. Feedback well, this... at welcome to level seven dot com. You can just uh, and just uh, in your in the subject line, put for Stewart. And you're wrong. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, the uh, episode was released on uh, March 18th of 2016, which is towards the end of season three. So of well. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. We got, we'll look into it. Okay. Yeah. 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 So and by looking other... into it, I mean, we'll hope that a listener will send us something that says <laughs> Stuart's wrong or, or right. Or right. Or right. Yeah. Um, the other, the other ancillary character that I loved was officer Brett. Yes. No cigars for his mom this time. <laughs> Too bad. Well, she needs to cut off that habit anyways. She probably does. Yeah. Wow. He's a good character to have on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a good character to return to. You know, it's it's good to have these kind of characters in the show where, you know, we have Turk, you have Officer Brett, and you have um, these recognizable faces that are, are coming and, and we, we're home. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's weird Jersey. to say. Yeah, and Let's Josie too. Jersey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's weird to say because just the nature of Netflix series. But I was not looking forward to having a Daredevil season two. I was a little bit uh, upset's a little too strong, but I wanted to see Luke Cage. I wanted to see Iron Fist, mm-hmm. and Daredevil season two pushed Luke Cage away. And now, I mean, Luke Cage is, has come. And Iron Fist is coming, but now rewatching Daredevil season two, I'm thinking to myself, hey, we're back home, back in Hell's Kitchen. It's really hot, but it's okay. (laughs) I was surprised to see how much of Daredevil season one character beats like Brett's mom's having the cigars, like Turk, um, like Josie's, you know, all those things. I was surprised to see how much of that stuff I remembered because I. I haven't seen Daredevil season one in a very long time, but I remembered those things, you know, those, those deep character moments. And that's, that's something to applaud the Netflix series for. Yeah. 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 Now let's see. We also have Grotto who, I mean, he's, he's here not to be, I mean, he's here to be punished. Uh, Turk is, (laughs) Turk is here to be punished by Daredevil. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, but Grotto is here to be punished by the Punisher and he's not a nice guy. He's not a good guy, but he wants a second chance. He wants <laughs> he asks, what if a criminal wants to change his career? You know, because that's the this is the conflict. Should we take on this guy as a client? He's not a good guy. We represent good people. We represent regular people. And if, we, guild. Yeah. <laughs> and if we represent <laughs> now, I'm not going to be able to say that without thinking about those munchkins. But uh, 
if he represent if they represent this guy, then it's going to hurt their credibility. But he then brings up, you know, what if he wants to change a career? I just want a second chance. It's all I want. Help me out. And then he falls over because he's bleeding. He's he's bad. He's messed up. He's hurt. One of the things I will say that that and this might be leading into one of your other quadrants, and I apologize for that. Um, I don't know that this episode set up why um, Punisher is after the Irish mob. It, and and it doesn't necessarily have to set the reasoning behind it, but you kind of just get the impression that there's this otherworldly force coming after Grotto for seemingly no good reason at all. Yeah, other than the I, fact that he escaped from the, from the, the massacre. I think that that's what we're supposed to, I, I think that's it. He escaped. And I, on one hand, you almost wonder if it's the kind of situation where, you know, let someone escape so they can spread the rumors because this is, you know, this is the thing of myth. You know, this is the thing mm-hmm. of legend. And he's he's coming after Grotto. I don't think they need to set up why he's going after the Irish mob. They're there. They're mobs. And they were they're all together in one spot. And he can take down like the leadership of, you know, however many crime families are are represented there. He can take them all out one fell swoop. And, you know, they're they're there because of the power vacuum. They're there because Wilson Fisk is gone and they're talking about, you know, he's out, he's out of the picture. It's time for us to step things up again, you know, and, and, and assert ourselves in, in, in hell's kitchen. But yeah, it's this episode. If it was, this is just the pilot episode of a series. I think it does a really good job of setting up who our characters are and then setting up this, this force that we're going to learn about but the the evil force whether you think it's evil or not later on right now yeah it's just this shadow figure it's just this this monster and mm-hmm. i think they do a good job with it and i don't think he needs much more in this episode now hey if we're going to spend a lot of time with this guy which we are then we need to we need to know more but for right, right. now for this guy right now this is this is it, all we need to know He's the boogie monster. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he's the boogeyman. Well, I don't think we, yeah, like you said, I don't think we need to know why right now, but by letting that mystery linger, it adds on to the, um, well, one, it, it, it saves that bit of information late for later, but the other, it, it, it does certainly build on to that uh, monster movie like Mystique Around uh, the Punisher. It's a good opening. It's a good mm-hmm. opening, and I'm enjoying what we're seeing. And then it ends on a great cliffhanger. Our hero is shot in the head and falls over the side of a building. One might call it a cliff faller because you, it's yes, really not hanging on to anything. He is not hanging. No, he is not. He's <laughs> falling. Uh, a cliffhanger that's going to keep you on your toes for about. 15 seconds, did we say? <laughs> yeah, it's about 15 <laughs> seconds. So here's, let's let's talk about style for a moment here. I mean, we, we already talked about you know, labeling the uh, movie genre that this would come from. But there's some 
pretty cool camera shots going on, mm-hmm. uh, you know, looking through scopes and looking through windows and looking through holes in bodies. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah, that was oh yeah, <laughs> kind of gross. Um, yeah, but I mean, uh, we're back to this kind of quality, high, high quality cinematic storytelling. And it's it's great. But then again, it's clearly an episode. You know, it's it's not yeah. it's not part one of a 13 part movie. It's it's part one of a 13 episode series. Mm-hmm. It has a beginning it yeah. has a middle and it has an end. Yeah. Granted, the end is it's a cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah. Right. But it's still, you know, the I think if you were to label this, you know, what is the the crux of this episode, it's to have Daredevil and Punisher meet and then, you know, go separate ways, but to have those two characters meet at the same, at the end of the episode, which is great they're both leading there. Yeah. That's, that, that is fantastic. I'm, and it works again in the 13 part, you know, television series on Netflix when you can immediately go to the next one. I don't know that it would work as well in a, um, agents of shield, you know, 22 episode season. Oh, I think it would think. I, I do because of, because of the cliffhanger. I mean, this is saying, hey, tune in next week. You don't want to miss next yeah. week. And yeah, that's true. The other thing that this does, though, it, by bringing them together in this episode, uh, how long did it take us for, you know, Matt Murdock and Wilson Fisk to get together in, you know, in the, the first season? And oh, geez. Th- <laughs> yeah. And I'm trying to think of there's something else that I just recently watched where the the good guy and the bad guy, basically they just don't ever interact with each other because if they did, you know, it would just be over. And so we have to tease it out. And I'm so glad that we just, let's just go there. You know, let's, let's go there. You know, um, actually in the fifth element, uh, Bruce Willis and Gary Oldman. uh, Yeah. Gary Oldman, their characters never meet on screen together. Well, it's the same with uh, Star Trek 2. Yeah. Um, That's true. You know, it, I mean, it can work. It, it can work, but I'm just glad they're doing it here. Well, yeah. and I mean, and this and this show, which is so physical, I mean, Star Trek 2 is basically a submarine movie, right? Yeah. But um, it, this show is so, it, it's a fight show. It's a crime drama. They have to fight. They have to have fisticuffs. You know, and then there has to be a secret gun. They have to do it yeah. that way. Well, and yeah. here's the other thing. They're setting up a different kind of conflict than the conflict we had with Phil Wilson Fisk and Matt Murdock or, or Daredevil. Right. This this conflict is clearly going to be a physical conflict. This con- mm-hmm. this this is going to be Daredevil getting his getting his hands dirty. Um, he's going to be in conflict with with Punisher and it is going to be a personal one-on-one kind of conflict. And they're clearly, yeah. you know, matched equally. You know, they're it's not like Daredevil's walking in like in the very beginning of the episode where he's just taking people out left and right or it's not like Punisher's, you know, taking people out left and right. They're they're matched equally. And that continues into other fights that we see with them. Um, so it's not like one of them is better than the other one at this moment. No, but you can yeah. definitely see. And, and I think it's fair to say, you know, 
we're going to get a, into some philosophical things as far as how you deal with oh, yeah. with crime and that kind of thing. But you have two very different MOs. Mm-hmm. When we meet Daredevil, he is knocking these guys out. He is doing everything he can to stop the, those four criminals from hurting people. And he is also not killing them. Mm-hmm. And now, then, Punisher, he just mows down the, the Irish mob mob boss, bosses. Uh, he mows down the Irish mob bosses. And then he turns around and, and is coming after uh, uh, Grotto and, and Karen. And he is shooting in a hospital. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you, you say he has a, it was a surgical strike. Um, you know, he's in a hospital. So I guess surgical is, is the correct <laughs> phrasing. But he is shooting people or shooting at people in a hospital. And that is something that, you know, Daredevil clearly, clearly would not do. There's no way mm-hmm. that he would put people in danger like that. Now, he might chase a bad guy and try and stop the bad guy from hurting people in the hospital. But, yeah, this is two very different ways of doing things. Oh, yes, yeah, very much so. One thing I want to say about style is the kind of violence that we see in the next Netflix series, which is like an R-rated type violence versus the types of violence we see in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. If you're writing like maybe like a psychology paper or a film studies paper or something like that, this is actually a really good thesis for you guys. The PG-13 violence versus R-rated violence. Mm -hmm. Where the PG-13 is cleaner, you see less blood, you don't see any gore at all. Or maybe just the tiniest bit, but I don't think you're really going to see it. Uh, Say like in The Avengers... Versus what you see here. We see blood. We see gore. We see... I forget if it's this one or the next episode. But you see blood being cleaned out of a truck. And it's really gross. We saw that in the first season of Daredevil. Where that impacts people psychologically. Some psychologists and psychiatrists attribute that PG-13 violence. Because it's much... It looks cooler that it may contribute to violence in schools, whereas the realistic violence of the more mature material, it actually can deter people away from violence because you see the the realism um, and the consequences of beating someone up or using guns. Uh, I'm not going to get on a pulpit about guns, don't worry. Uh, you figure that, that out for yourself. But it's something to consider. You know, how does that, in, how does what we see in this, the two levels of violence, how does that impact the audience? And how does it impact the way we feel about the show or the way we feel about characters? Well, we talked about this with Jessica Jones, where Jessica Jones, we we did multiple viewings because we watched it when we did the, the initial watch. And then we watched it again when we did the the, the, the reviews of, of the show. I would not have chosen to watch Jessica Jones a second time because mm. of yeah. the realism that was in the, the violence, the, the realism that was in the, not just the physical violence, but the, the psychological violence. And it's a difficult show to watch. And whereas Avengers I've seen eight times, you know, <laughs> because it's not difficult to watch. There isn't anything happening on there. That, that makes me say, oh, 
man, that's just like something I knew about from this other person over here. Oh man, if that happened to someone in my family, uh, it'd be horrible. And and that's why we get you- in Daredevil with Ben Ulrich, where we have you know things on the on the wall about you know the the alien invasion. We find out how many people died in right. that alien invasion. They don't mention the people that died in the movie. They mention it in Netflix. Now they do get into it a little bit in Civil War because they're they're making the case against the Avengers, you know, policing themselves. It is it is uh harder to watch to be sure. But to go back in my own experience, I had to do a paper on the movie the Martin Scorsese movie Gangs of New York. It's extremely violent, extremely bloody, and I had to go through and count uh pause it and count how many shots or uh, cuts per minute and stuff like that. Um and just watching that over and over and over again, it actually deterred me away from seeing anything with that kind of violence in it for years. If I saw Daredevil immediately after writing that paper, I I would have been like, hey, guys, I'm sorry, I can't do it. Because um, I just couldn't stomach that much blood and gore all at once. So that that's in the style column. <laughs> quadrant. <Yeah. laughs> Are we on to themes now? Well, we can get into I mean, we talked a little bit about some themes. We've talked a little bit about the plot and, and where it's taking us or, or has taken us. Um, yeah, let's get let's get into themes and. And wrap up the discussion here. Uh, definitely. I think there's groundwork for a lot of stuff. I'm not sure there's like one central theme, except maybe that you're looking at friendship. You're looking at, you know, good versus evil. Those sorts of those sorts of questions. Um, well, because yeah, the mobsters I, are clearly evil. Right. And yeah. it's good that they are you know, we feel good that they are gone, but is it good that they just got, you know, shot to bits? Literally? Well, <laughs> that's that's the question, because if you think about it, I mean, this is the Joker question, right? Mm-hmm. Batman doesn't kill Joker. Joker goes to Arkham Asylum. Joker escapes Arkham Asylum and causes the death of 10 more people. How many times has Joker done that? You know, a, a lot. And and so that's where these guys are never, ever, ever going to hurt anyone ever again. And this is the, true. the question of vigilante justice. This is the question of is our justice system good enough? Uh, you know, and we know about the Punisher because we know about the Punisher. And so that that does give us, you know, as a viewer kind of an unfair advantage over the storyteller. We know what Punisher's up to. He's he's there to punish. He's there to kill. He's there to kill the guilty. And mm-hmm. and I think that the there are some philosophical themes that we could get into though of um, when is it okay? Is it ever okay to kill someone? If you kill someone who you know is a murdering murderer who murders and they're going to murder someone again soon, what do you do about that? And I mean, there are some things that you look at and you're like, okay, so Punisher has just taken away all opportunity for these guys to choose, you know, and to maybe change. But he's doing that pragmatically speaking, because he doesn't see them changing that. So there, those are the kind of questions and we're going to get into it more. I'm sure 
in, in following episodes. But you were right, Stuart, when you said it, it lays a lot of the foundation right. of, of things to come. Yeah, and like other things like how does the vigilante justice affect the justice system overall? Mm-hmm. Which, oh, it will be explored. And, of course, there's also the uh, reoccurring themes from season one, such as religion. Like in the uh, scene in the office where they're talking about their clients who really can't pay, there's the dog who defiled the statue of St. Francis, which is an ironic joke. Yeah, because St. Francis Francis is the patron saint of of animals. animals. (laughs) (laughs) And San Francisco, by the way. Didn't know that until I looked it up. And Italy. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, he's the patron saint of several things. Well, so. a lot of the saints are multiple patrons, right. you know, but right. but St. Francis, right. I mean, w- the thing with St. Francis is there's certain things that we know bio- biographically are historically true. What we what I'm not sure is historically true is that they say that he would go out and preach to the animals and he would like hold mass for animals and and they would come and get and gather around because you know he's so godly and so loving and so these animals will come to him you know and it's but that makes him the patron saint of of animals and pets and and that sort of thing and i suppose there is an argument to be made well the dog was just showing saint francis love no if you work with animals and you know what their dogs are like no no the dog was being extremely disrespectful Uh, and uh. I thought at first when they said defiling that it just was like peeing on and they take it further. Yeah. And so they take it into that. Mm. Hey, we're on Netflix and we're not PG 13. Yeah. <laughs> well, Karen, to be fair, Karen did try to be very uh, respectful of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, I would she, say she, clinical. She danced around clinical. it very well. <laughs> yeah. She, yeah, she tried. Um, she tried. It's still gross. <laughs> but, you know, you're also going to see that. Um, you're going to see Matt talk about his faith. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm not very familiar with Catholicism, but from what I do know is that uh, Catholics do take uh, responsibility for their sins very, very seriously. So Matt taking on the guise of a devil is very of that tone. I, I'm mostly around Baptists and Mormons. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Catholic guilt is a thing. It's very much a thing. So okay. <laughs> does, does that finish up the grid there, Ben? I think that finishes up nicely. And, you know, even if it doesn't, we're going to be talking about some of these other things. Anything mm-hmm. we missed in this episode, we're probably going to have a chance to, to pick it up later. Uh, but I would say, you know, we're we're about to move into our feedback section. Um, now let's save it for the feedback section. So let's move to that segment. Witness testimony. So, uh, there is no feedback for this episode. (laughs) 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 So that makes it easy. That's where, but I do say, if you do have something to say about Daredevil season two, uh, please send us something. Uh, it's feedback at welcome to level seven.com. If you send us something, uh, we'll just have to, potentially wait on sharing it on the podcast simply because of the spoiler policy where we don't want to spoil anything that is Netflix related. That is after the episode that we are currently covering. So anything you send to us, 
that has if it has something to do with episode 12 then we're going to wait until episode 12 to 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 deal with it uh as much as as we can unless it's a just general thing like what we're talking about like um where samantha saying we're going to have themes of religion and stuff like that well yeah that's a general thing it's very simple to say very easy to say it's not spoiling anything we're we're good with that so that said i think it's time now for us to move on to ratings what do you say guys let's do it okay final verdict so samantha stewart how mm-hmm. many strawberry rhubarb pies out of five do you give this episode <laughs> oh. hmm well but, oh the oh the math nerd in me is is having a conniption fit i must give it and I apologize. I must give it 3.14 stars. <laughs> that that doesn't even reflect how you feel about the episode, does it? You just had to go. I have to do that. Um, <laughs> to, quote, to quote Ben and Dan, Daniel from uh, all of uh, Jessica Jones, it's a solid four. <laughs> Samantha? Hmm. Okay, so if we're dividing these pies up by what six or eights, what do you guys say? I don't know. You you got five pies. You you can divide them up however you want, but just you know how many how many pies out of five do you give it? Um, I'm going to say. Well, if I'm going to divide these pies up by six slices, which I think is very typical. I'm going to say four pies and one slice. Okay, so slightly <laughs> more than Stuart when he actually gave his real answer. <laughs> I, I'm i just going to be straightforward and give this a solid four and a half pies out of five. It's not perfect, but it's close. And it does a great job of opening season two. And introducing the Punisher and just jumping in. And that, that's why I, I have to go a little bit more than just it's a solid four because it just it just feels good. It's it's return to these characters and it's a great opening for a season. So, yeah. With it made me want to watch the next one. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. It did its job. <laughs> So all of that has been said now. We are ready to end. And so it's time to say goodbye to <laughs> now I just want to sing the M I C K E Y M O U S C. But now it's time to say goodbye to all our family. Uh so if you guys go ahead and you know let people know um how much you appreciate them, and then we will end this episode. Well, I, I'm sitting here. It's it's very late at night, and I have to get up early in the morning. and And I and I'm doing this so that we can have a conversation about, um, you know, the MCU and and things that we like. But I'm I, I'm clearly not very good at life decisions. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Samantha, can you, can you have anything to add to that? Um, 
I love being on, on this podcast. And I have to say, every time we do an episode and it's completed, it's like sinking, you know, that eight ball into the corner pocket. <laughs> the, yeah, that was an unfortunate shot for him. <laughs> and all I have to say is thank you for listening, everyone. We really appreciate it. And then I stop and I think another Netflix series. And I wonder, maybe, just maybe, Daniel and I, when we created this podcast, should have just looked at each other and said, what are we stepping into? Thanks once more for listening. You've heard us. Now we'd love to hear from you. Just go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback to contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling 17755-LEVEL7. You can also join the conversation by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash welcometolevel7, or by following us on Twitter, where we are Level7Pod. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh at our clean comedy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, Godspeed. So I think we're going to do uh, new music for every new series. And, oh, yeah? Yeah. Do you, do you like this music? Yeah. I'm just asking. Really I'm, cool. I'm fishing for, for compliments. Ben, the bad. music yeah. is wonderful. Ben, is such great music. Good job on the music, Ben. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. I do like the uh, the one you came up with. Uh, you did sh- share another clip earlier, and I was like, "No, nah, it's more like Jessica Jones." And then you came up with this new music, and I was like, "Oh, that's 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 Daredevil right there." Yeah. yeah. Now I, I didn't create the music, but um, <laughs> it's it was you, obtained. You pieced it together. Yeah, but it was obtained uh, through. Um, it, it it was one of those where I actually have a subscription now to to different. Um, music files and so we're able Mm. to use this so i like it all right i'm gonna shut this thing down and stop fishing for compliments by the way did you notice my haircut oh great haircut gorgeous thanks makes you look 10 years younger i feel 10 years younger